This is episode 517 of the AWS podcast, released on April 24, 2022. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Lisher here with you. Great to have you back. And today I'm joined by Nikhil Swaminathan. Welcome to the podcast, Nikhil. Hi, glad to be here. Good to have you here. Now, you are a senior product manager here at AWS, and you're working specifically on AWS Amplify. But uh, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and the, the work you do here at AWS. Sure. Yeah. So I've been uh, I've been at AWS. I've had the fortune of being at AWS now for the last five years. Uh, I started started pretty much on the Amplify team as an as an individual product manager. Um, kind of helped oversee the growth of Amplify over the last five years or so. And uh, now I manage a team of uh, product managers responsible for all the tooling that we have on Amplify. Fantastic. Now. We're going to dive deep into something new that launched at uh, Werner's keynote late last year at reInvent, which is the AWS Amplify Studio. But before that, let's actually talk about what AWS Amplify is, because I know I, I have two sets of customers I speak to, those that know Amplify really well and those that have n- never heard of it. So um, let's let's yeah. see the overview. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I, you know, if you take a step back, Amplify's mission is really to delight front-end and full-stack developers and build tools for them to build Feature-rich, scalable apps on AWS, right? Um, and if you look at, if you know, if you look at those two personas, the front-end developer and the full-stack developer, let's start with the front-end developer. So historically, the front-end developer is responsible for building what users see and what they when they go to a website or a web app or a mobile app, right? And this audience is this audience has uh, traditionally lacked cloud expertise, right? And uh, but you know, with the popularity of the, of uh, the serverless movement, really this audience is now capable of building full stack apps. But uh, you know, a big problem we observed in kind of the genesis of Amplify was that front end developers looking to build these apps, full stack apps, are not familiar with cloud services, right? And uh, as a result, struggle when interfacing with you know over 175 AWS services that we have. So what we're what we've taken is a very use case based approach on building full stack apps on AWS. So for so to make it easy easier for a front end developer to be able to build feature rich apps, right? Yeah. And the other persona, so, the full stack, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say so, so it's interesting because you know often you know fr- front end developers are typically very au fait with with user experience and design and they certainly know what colors to pick versus how I would build a front end. But, but then, yeah. you know, when it comes to hooking into the back end, you know, the, the, the one answer they hate getting when they say, how do I do this is like, it depends. Whereas we're providing them with, I guess, a more opinionated view of saying, well, this is the way you do it rather than having to Yeah, sort of yeah, absolutely. Go, and and go the truth the is, you know, there's like five, there's five, dif- five, there's N different ways to build, uh, build a certain scenario, right? And if a, if a front end developers, you know, lacks, lacks expertise, in the cloud and they come to use AWS, it might be a little overwhelming to figure out what's the right way to build it. So what we're doing mm. is we're giving them a hand, like a more handheld guided workflow on setting up common scenarios they need in their application. For example, when you're, you're building sign in and sign up workflows with authentication, when you're building a backend with data, when you're interfacing with data, uh, though, you know, when you need, need an ability to store files and download files in, in, your, in your app, those are all very common scenarios that front-end developers have to deal with when building an app. So what we've built is really like a 
guided workflow that sets them up to scale as their you know app use cases evolve. Nice. And you, you were touching on before I interrupted the the sort of the, the full stack developer who has a I guess a very different view of the the overall architecture. Yeah. So the full stack developer again, I think we can kind of categorize uh, categorize them in in two buckets. So there's the full stack developer familiar with the cloud. And, that, uh, and the full stack developer who's unfamiliar with the cloud. I think the full stack developer unfamiliar with the cloud is familiar with like database concepts and familiar with, with how backend services work. But again, they lack a context on you know what are the right services they should use in AWS and how should they stitch them together. So for that persona, kind of similar to the front end developer, but kind of deeper on the backend side. But again, they're, they lack familiarity with AWS. I think the, the audience that's familiar with AWS, we also see them adopting Amplify Primarily because uh, we help them accelerate their workflow. Uh, you know, from talking to, I was just talking to a customer yesterday, uh, very familiar with CloudFormation, very familiar with CDK. Uh, they've decided to, you know, use Amplify because we help them really accelerate setting up that backend versus having to like manually hand author, you know, large CloudFormation templates. Uh, you know, you, you run certain commands in your CLI, or you, you know, config, you point and click, and you configure some things visually, and we basically set up that backend in a way that you would have done yourself. Nice, nice. And so, you know, th- things always change in the in the industry, in the market, and in particular skill sets. What's been changing for both front-end and full-stack developers who are really dealing heavily with, with web and mobile apps these days? Absolutely, yeah. And I t- so I, I briefly touched upon this before. I think uh, with, with the rise of uh, serverless technologies, uh, really as a front-end or full-stack developer, you, you don't necessarily need to worry about scaling your, your back-end or your back-end servers anymore. You don't necessarily need to think about servers in the traditional EC2 sense where you have to you set up your server, you know, install a bunch of software on it, and then like scale that as your traffic shifts and traffic your traffic increases. Uh, the serverless movement kind of made it easy for developers to just think about their core business logic and let let us worry about handling your scale. So that uh, you know that was a big movement in in technology that actually impacted both the front end and full stack developer. Mm-hmm. Right now, as a front end developer, well, how that impacted a front end developer was like their responsibilities increased. Now uh, you know from instead of just focusing on you know your your core front end and like managing state in your front end, you can now also build back end capabilities. Uh, whereas for the full stack developer, also I think the level of abstraction increased, uh, where you can you can really focus on you know building out your backend in a way that makes makes sense to you without necessarily worrying about infrastructure. And that speed, I think, is is really a key element here. Is that it's you know it's amazing to look over the years how much faster you can get a product from concept to execution. Yeah. And, and I guess yeah. these types of experiences get you there quicker. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can give some personal context as well. Uh, prior to coming to AWS, I ran my own startup uh, in the early uh, early 2010s, and uh, I chose at that time. It was an edtech startup. I chose at that time to run my startup on. Uh, it was a Ruby on Rails. For those familiar with uh, web technologies, Ruby on Rails was really pop- popular in the early uh, I don't 2010s. Yeah, it, it was the thing. <laughs> yeah, it was the thing exactly, and. Uh, I had a decision point to make in terms of how I how I would host and deploy the app, and there was a combination of Ruby on Rails and Heroku, which was really popular at the time. And I decided actually to take that route because uh, you know, as a startup founder, 
with limited resources, I had to spend a lot of my time uh, actually talking to customers and trying to sell what I was building. So after building the initial POC, I, I chose Heroku as a deployment preferred deployment path because it could it was easier for me to kind of get my product to market and iterate, uh, and I didn't have to worry about scaling infrastructure. You know, and if a product like Amplify existed when I was building my startup, I would have definitely gone down that route because, you know, not only do I get the scale of AWS, right, and, and I also get a backend set up in a way where it's architected, uh, you know, with best practices. Like Rivian and Amazon are great examples of doing it this way. And you, you touched on sort of that that speed part, and and really, I guess when a developer is looking for a tool to build an app to get an idea, that it's like, yeah, what's easy? How do I get started? How fast can I build? How fast can I show something? From an organizational perspective, though, what what is the business side thinking? So you know, the the, the developers have certain imperatives, but from a business perspective, what are some of the frustrations or challenges they're facing? Yeah, I mean, from a business perspective, uh, what you want to do is you want to build your MVP and get to market fast, right? And once you get to market fast, you need, need to be able to get customer feedback and iterate, right? Now, it's, if you if you think about that that cycle, it's really like build features, measure success, and iterate based on what customers are seeing. Now, uh, businesses that are able to execute that loop fast are typically ones that succeed. Right, uh, so so really like building an iteration needs to be really really quick in 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 this day and age when there's you know a lot of a lot of businesses out there competing for eyeballs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of the core need of the business. Obviously, like there are, there are problems front end developers have, but I I think uh, the a second core need of the business is you know with the you know mobile and web being very big platforms, right? Businesses want to be able to build consistent, rich cross-platform experiences so their users, when they engage with the business, have a single kind of uh, experience of interacting with the product. Yeah. And, and I guess also they don't have to say, okay, well, now I've got to build, you know, for, for this handset, for that handset, for this browser, this other browser, then if they're using this third one, there's polyfills and other fun stuff. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> the, the dream of build once, run everywhere is not, not, quite, uh, <laughs> not quite as easy as it sounds. No, no, it, it, it's definitely not quite easy as it sounds. I do think we're 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 sort of slowly getting there, but I don't don't really think we will ever get to a position where it'll be this like perfect utopian world of build once and it's it's amazing everywhere. I do think with the direction at least the web has moved in terms of like how performance is becoming such an important criteria. Browsers have gotten faster. You, you're increasingly seeing web applications that are able to perform really well on mobile devices as well and and mm-hmm. and load on browsers very well so like you know a great example is like you know twitter has a pwa that is works really well on your your mobile phone but then you know you also are able to access it really well on you access it like all the full, full functionality over your, over uh, a desktop so while there might always be risks with you know having full coverage across a matrix of you know devices and browsers and i don't think that problem is necessarily going to solve i do think we're heading in a direction where you can build with a single platform in mind and and have good web and mobile experiences available to your end users yeah it's a super important so let, let's dive into to how aws amplify really goes about solving this and uh, let's let's talk about some of the main componentry but really dive deep on on the new amplify studio Absolutely. So um, before I kind of dive into studio, maybe I'll talk about 
how we've gotten here, uh, right? So as yeah. I said, our, our mission was to kind of make it easy for front-end developers to build full-stack apps, right? Now, a key part of building a full-stack app is you need to set up a backend, right? So uh, when we launched Amplify, we started with the Amplify CLI and our JavaScript client library. So the Amplify CLI is a local uh, developer tool chain. It's a command line tool chain that you can you install on your on your machine. And it has guided workflows that allow you to easily set up a backend. So you can run commands like amplify at auth, pick a default configuration or choose social providers and, 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 and deploy that. And we automatically deploy whatever cloud infrastructure is needed. In this case, Amazon Cognito, potentially a, Lambda, potentially a Lambda function, potentially a REST API. But we kind of abstracted that away from the end user having to know that. But at the same time, provide mechanisms for users who do want to you know get to that level of detail that they can they can actually get to the raw cloud formation outputs if needed so the amplify cli is it was kind of like a command line backend builder um, that allowed front end developers to kind of build these backends and then the libraries which we started with javascript but now we have uh, libraries for ios android javascript uh, react native and flutter allow you to connect to those backends from your Client. So they also provide like simpler APIs. Again, same problem if you're inter interfacing directly with the AWS SDK. There's, you know, every service has, uh, you know, N APIs. And then if you have to like deal with six, you know, deal with M services, that's M times N you have to figure out. Mm, so yeah. uh, again, provides a simpler interface to uh, actually interact with that backend. So those, that, that, that was kind of the core of what we, what we offered when we started Amplify. And then, one year later, we like a major problem we heard from that, that customer base was that okay, now I've set up this app. How do I actually like build a scalable mm -hmm. process for my team to deploy and release the application? So we launched Amplify Hosting in um, 2018, and that that service has obviously gotten a lot of traction as well. So it's a fully managed uh, web hosting service with CI/CD built in, and we've got features like uh, you know automatic branch detection, PR preview support, easy custom domains. Uh, and uh, feature like a feature branch deployment workflow that is really popular. So mm. that really enabled teams either building with Amplify or just building a web app in general to be able to just simply connect their GitHub repository or their or their Git repository rather, and in a zero config way deploy their full stack app with with a whole bunch of workflows for their teams to operate. Right. So that's that's kind which of really, uh, which I think really solves that, that and that really solves that speed component of. Iteration, you know. Absolutely. Where, where do I put it? Where, where do I put it, and how do I move quickly on it? How yeah, and, and really, like the, the what we heard from customers, right? Like CI/CD solutions have been around for a long time, but they were really complicated to set up. Like the the whole setup process, yeah, it yeah. would take time, and you know, you know, if I if I you you, you define like some sort of uh, like a recipe on Chef, and like you have a whole deployment workflow around it, like that, that was like, it, you know, it used to take like a super like you know. There'd be like it a becomes its own stack that you've got to manage. You know, it's like a, it's <laughs> yeah, a whole other piece of work before you even get to write features. Correct, exactly. So this really take, I mean, completely takes that away. And uh, we've seen customers have pretty advanced kind of workflows around how they use uh, Amplify Hosting. In fact, Amplify Studio team actually is a customer of Amplify Hosting, and they're able to use Amplify Hosting to deploy their web app in across you know over sixteen AWS <laughs> regions. So, so it's it, amplify all the way down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> one 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 general tenet or principle we 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 follow is that we try and use our dog food our own uh, tools. 
right? Because that way we can all we also come up with, you know, there are blind spots you have when you build a product, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So that helps us also kind of address those blind spots. So the new Amplify Studios is really interesting. It's a it's sort of solving a new set of problems. Help us understand what it's for and and why you use it. Absolutely. So Amplify up to now has been really focused on how do you make backend development easy for the front-end developer? But as front-end development has evolved over the years, front-end development has become fairly complex. And and a growing use case we heard from our customer base was that, hey, how do you help us accelerate our UI development in a way where we can we can build great user experiences? So Amplify Studio is really a layer that we added on top of the existing Amplify tools that that uh, is a visual interface that enables front-end and full-stack developers to actually go from Figma designs to full stack React apps really fast, <laughs> right? So, um, you know, well, very- how, how fast is fast? Like give us a feeling <laughs> of, of what, what it used to be and what it can be. Yeah, I, I think you can go, uh, you know, from an idea to an app within, within hours instead of, instead of weeks or months with, wow. with Amplify wow. Studio. And uh, really like what we, what we did is we kind of talked to developers and try to understand like what their st- standard workflow was. And o- often the most common workflow was that, hey, I'm working with a designer, a designer hands off mocks, then I go and look at the box and then I break that box mm. into a set of components. And then I have to implement those components. And once I implement those components, I have to like bind those components with some sort of data and then basically like make that version available internally. And when I make that version available internally, like my designers are going to have a whole bunch of feedback on what that experience looks like. And my product managers are going to have a whole bunch of feedback on, hey, like this functionality, <laughs> like, you know, is this a function you're not Nikhil. working? Product, product managers <laughs> never have an opinion. You know that. They're very shy and retiring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We like to keep to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, but, but it's interesting because, because you, talked, you talked about that, that interaction between the developer and the, the UX designer. Yeah. Um, and really this is bringing the Amplify experience closer to, I guess, the, the language of the designer rather than the developer because it's 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 pic- pixels and it's components and it's ui and color not um as you said not not having to sort of unpick all those components to well i mean I, data, I think i think at the end of the day it's it's what it's it's the language of the customer right like when a designer builds something mm-hmm. and it gets implemented by the develop the developer is the one that implements it like the artifact that a designer hands off to a developer is a is a mock or a, a sort of screen that basically gets just gets thrown away. So um, you know, but the the developer implementing it actually doesn't want to have to worry about like you know the minutia of how a component looks like, and would love to kind of mm-hmm. uh, you know outsource that decision that decision to the designer and have a component that is ready to use. However, a developer still has to a developer wants control of that component because if they if it was completely abstracted, it was like if we if you know. If what we were doing was building like a WYSIWYG kind of tool that just allowed someone to drag and drop a UI, then a developer loses control, right? Uh, developers still want control over what what the end output is because that's how you build a compelling experience, right? You build a compelling yeah, experience when yeah. you have control of, over your components and you have control over uh, you know the state of those components, how the, how those components interact with each other, how the layout appears, what what like kind of business logic you need to to power that component. So like th- there's a whole bunch of custom work that developers do to build these handcrafted experiences, right? So what we wanted to do was kind of balance so you can, that. As, as a developer, you can you can kind of go as deep as you want, but you don't have to. Like you've got the option rather than having to start from the ground up. 
Uh, yeah, you don't. You, I, I think it's it's kind of the same philosophy we have on the backend stuff, where you know we give you a mm-hmm. uh, like a really great starting point with escape hatches built in, so you can you can override what's created. So when you generate React components, we give you the React component from that Figma to uh, we give you React code. So when whatever components built in Figma, when you translate that to React, we give you that actual React component. But you as a developer have full control over that component. So you have you 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 can customize it, you can override it, you can basically define custom behavior on like you know on on click on hover. So you can you can kind of control how mm-hmm. how it works, right? Which is what developers want. So really, what we're doing is we're actually trying to make the developers' life easier, right? Um, where we're we're saying, hey, developers, what are the problems you typically have when you when you're building out your your application? And yeah, yeah, and, and basically accelerating that workflow. Right. And and one one thing I know that a, a lot of developers face, um, particularly when they're working for larger organizations or more established organizations, is there'll typically be standards, um, standards around branding and color and, and style guides, etc. Right. But Studio can help with that too, can't it? it? Can it can rather than sort of having to re-prosecute that every single time? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, you know the way we've built Studio is we've we've got um, we essentially have this integration with Figma, which is a very popular design tool. And then we also have we've also built our own set of UI components that are fully themable and, and and customizable. So really, what a designer can do is define their brand guidelines within Figma, export that, and that gets imported into Studio. And then the components, the UI components we've built, which are currently React components, are ready to use, customized to that brand's guidelines. Nice, nice. So you can make it look and feel the way you want. Uh, exactly. But, uh, give, and and give, given that, exp- oh, sorry, go ahead, Oh, sorry. I was just going to add, like you know, I think the other key capability we enable within Studio is because we've we've layered it on top of our existing backend creation capabilities. What developers can very easily do is use the Studio interface to connect their components to backend data. So let's say you're building a, a property listing application, uh, you know some that come to mind are Zillow, Redfin, something like that. Mm. If you look at the actual application, your core, your core itself is a card and that card is powered by some data. What you get through the studio interface is a point and click way to actually bind, uh, let's say your card has an image, a title, uh, an address. You can actually bind that to your data model in the backend. So studio not only gives you this like UI creation ability, you can also set up, visually set up the backend and bind the two together all through an interface. And then as we do with the front end, we automatically generate code that you can then inspect to actually see how we how we do that. Very nice. Now, you know, th- these things aren't built in isolation or built uh, as hobbies or experiments They're built for customers. Can you give us some examples of, of how customers have used AWS Amplify? Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, I can talk to, uh, you know, both enterprises and startups use Amplify today. You know, I think... Uh, a fairly big big customer of ours is Amazon Music. Amazon Music, uh, they use our, our CLI and client libraries to actually build a cloud play queue that synchronizes playlists across devices with offline capabilities built in. And they're using Amplify in, in production and the way they, they use CDK as well, which is another infrastructure as code tool. And uh, what they're able to do is that they use Amplify to actually set up the backend and then they actually export all the infrastructure as CDK constructs, which then they use in their internal deployment pipeline. So we have, they're a great example of a customer who are, who are benefiting from the speed of Amplify, but then they have you know, 
strict kind of deployment procedures within their own within their organization and but they're they're still able to leverage the benefits that amplify gives them Nice, nice. Uh, another example that comes to mind would be Rivian. Rivian went from startup to IPO on AWS, and they use Amplify to build um, some of their internal tools, and they use both CLI and hosting to be able to ship their uh, products faster. And that's, I think it's really interesting that you know, both these examples are sort of uh, about moving faster, but there's also cost savings to be had too because developing applications is not a cheap undertaking. Absolutely. I mean, uh, t- you know, time being the biggest one. So we have uh, an example, especially for startups, startups like startups, given how cash strapped they can be and like how every month matters. Right. Um, Busby is a great example of a startup. They built an MVP on us and they saved about six months of development time. And if you factor in the cost, it's over one hundred thousand dollars in saving. Right. Wow. Uh, you know, if you I think about a, a company slightly advanced like Neiman Marcus, they were increased the speed, speed to market of customer facing apps by over 50% and and the overall process for them costs 90% less because of the kind of infrastructure wow. we set up. So that's, that's uh, faster and cheaper. So uh, you're getting the best of both worlds on those ones. Yeah, absolutely. And so so given where this space is, you know, I think this is a, one of the most rapidly developing spaces uh, in, in, in IT. Where do you think things are going and what excites you the most about what's going on here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think where things are going is uh, that, you know, the front-end developers' responsibilities are increasing, right? And as a result, complexities are also increasing there. So I think the the challenge that organizations are going to face is how do you provide your front-end developers tooling such that they can accelerate their workflow and accelerate innovation for their business? Uh, so I think really what we want to do is we we want to provide tooling that makes it easy for developers to get started and build, but do it in a way where it's not something that they, where they hit a one-way wall, a one-way door, right? It's a, mm-hmm. They don't hit a ceiling. Mm-hmm. They're able to build and iterate on their backend fast. And I think that's, that's really what excites me about where this space is headed because I think the, the front-end developer is becoming more and more empowered and the tooling available to front-end developers is also maturing. But I, I think the challenges that we obviously want to overcome are not just making it easy to get started, but also doing it in a way where they can scale. I think that that scale is important because, you know, it's, it's not just about getting going, it's about being successful. Uh, one other thing I think that's really impressive about, about you know, AWS Amplify and the way it works with, with the developer community is that closeness to the community. You know, this is very much a, a two-way street where you, you and the team take on a lot of feedback from developers and designers as to what's going to work. So this, this continues to iterate itself as well as allowing developers to iterate their own products. Yeah, we're, we're a very developer-focused team here at Amplify. Uh, you know, uh, our, when we talk about our customer, we talk about the developer. We don't necessarily talk about the business. The business is obviously our customer too but we really try and empathize with the developer and the needs of the developer. So, you know, we interface with our customers on channels such as Discord. You know, all our our services have uh, issue trackers on GitHub. All our our CLI and our client libraries are all open source. So developers can contribute directly to those tools. And uh, we are very active online. You'll, You'll often find product managers and engineers responding to customers on Twitter and, and having whole discussions with them online. So it's a, it's a, nice. it's a very interesting um, kind of space to be in. And, and I, I, I personally love that we're very much 
connected to the developer one-on-one. Yeah, that, that feedback loop is, is just so important. Nikhil, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. And there'll be plenty of links in the show notes for folks to reach out and contact the team. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much. It was, it's been a great experience being on your show as well. And thanks to everyone for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at Amazon.com is the place to do that. And until next time, keep on building.